Hello and welcome to the Preseason Coaches Roundtable. I'm your host, Vinny Massano. I'm joined by the uh, Catholic League coaches tonight. Uh, we're filming from the beautiful Patrizias in Massapequa, New York. Uh, right about on the verge of the season starting. In fact, some teams actually had their non-league games open up today. And uh, the rest will begin at the uh, beginning of next week. So uh, without further ado, we're going to hop into this. Uh, they're doing things a little bit differently this year. For the first time, they're going to have a state tournament for all the uh, Catholic League schools um, encompassing the state of New York. So to talk about that, I want to um, bring it up to Mike Piankos, the uh, longtime Chaminade coach. So tell our audience a little bit about... Long, long time? <laughs> <laughs> Since the Reagan administration. I started baseball in 1981, so the Reagan administration. Before some of you were born. It, qu it qualifies as long time, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> so tell uh, us a little yeah. bit about how it's going to um, operate. I mean, I think the whole league's excited about it. Uh, the first time uh, in history that we're going to try this. I mean, we tried many, many years ago, back in the 80s, there was a big discussion about it, but it fell through. And uh, so we're real excited about trying to get it done this year. <clears throat> and whoever it is in our league, I, I think, you know, we're certainly going to be well represented. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we would have loved to have done it many years uh, going into this because I think our league is that good. Mm -hmm. And I think we would have represented ourselves very well in the state. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is going to be interesting. So, you know, see who goes there. I, you know, it's, it's an interesting format. There'll be, you'll guarantee two games. Uh, it'll be, I think, it's Buffalo against Long Island, <coughs> and then New York and Manhattan, I guess, the Bronx. Mm -hmm. And then the winners will play for the state title, and then, you know, they'll play for three and four. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. I, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing whoever it is in there. You know, definitely go and see that happen. Mm -hmm. I think they're playing in it at in Coney Island. Uh, either Coney Island or St. John's, I think. Yeah. 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 And, all, and I want to segue the conversation just briefly into last season. So you guys won the 2021 championship um, in terrific, terrific series. Um, I want to introduce into the conversation the pitching coach, Jimmy Ballin. Jimmy, you guys are lucky enough to have some incredibly talented arms. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what's in store for the 2022 staff? Yeah, I mean, we had, uh, you know, we had a bunch of returning guys from last year. Um, you know, four guys who really uh, made a huge part um, you know, winning the championship last year. Um, and another guy who we expect a lot of good things out of this year. You know, um, I think there's a bunch of us at the table that can say that we have enough pitching to win a championship though. So mm -hmm. you know, these guys are working really hard, but they know that you know last year's championship was last year. And this year you know, we have a whole new set of challenges. Mm -hmm. you know, you know, I, I think you know, probably four of us could at least say we have the best pitcher in the league. Um, you yeah. know, we have depth, but I think everyone has depth in this league. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I, I've never seen depth on the pitching mound like I have in this league. And Pars, you are um, well, you were fortunate enough, I guess, to be on the other side of the, the, yep. uh, the field on the first series of the year last year at yep. St. Anthony. So can you give maybe a opposition standpoint of what it was like facing up against their uh, pitching staff? Well, last year their pitching staff, uh, they were all younger. They were juniors, so, we, you know, there was still that doubt. But once you, you get through the JDs and, and you got Andrew and you got uh, JJ and those guys, you know they're out machines, and we could say the same thing about we got a bunch of pitchers on all of our teams that have it. Mm -hmm. But the the one difference maker between like like JD is the, his competitive drive, mm -hmm. which leaks into all the other pitchers on that staff. Mm -hmm. And that other the whole staff is, is is talented. But when we went in, we knew JD was going to be hard to beat, and I've known him for a long time. 
and uh, you know you get him on the mound, and then you back him up with the, with the handful of thoroughbreds they have. Mm-hmm. It, it's tough. I, I think we got one off them, and uh, but like I said, early in the season. They have so much talent. They're still mm-hmm. figuring out their staff, just like the rest of us are. Mm-hmm. So by the end of the year, they're clicking because you know when you're what do you got nine, ten deep, right? You, you got so many to pick from. Yeah, you know they're, they're, it's fun to watch, but I, I will say that. Yeah, yeah. So going in and playing these guys is is always always an absolute blast because you know they handpick guys. You got different guys every game. You know mm-hmm. they use I think two different catches, three different catches. They got animals all over the place. It's great. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And Casey, I wanted to bring you into the, the conversation. I think you would have a claim to also potentially have the best pitcher in the conference in Kyle Chase. I was there earlier mm-hmm. today. Eight strikeouts and five innings, one run, which is, you know, just another day at the office for him. So can you speak to about his uh, maturation over the last three years since he's been in the school? Yeah, honestly, the biggest thing with him, aside from him, you know, on the field is off the field. It's mm-hmm. it's that leadership that he really has taken to a next level. It's some of the little things that we always talk about all the time. It's, it's hey, this is the way we handle ourselves, the equipment. You know, he's carrying the helmets. He's cleaning up the garbage. It's those little things that kind of seep into, you know, quality programs. And, and it comes from the players. I mean, we talked about it a lot is, you know, this is, you know, their time. It's their senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the way he carries himself and, and his leadership has really, really come a long way since, since uh, him being a freshman. So I'm mm-hmm. super impressed with him, not just on the field, but really off the field, too, as well. Mm-hmm. So. And now, Dan, as the head coach of Holy Trinity, you know, you guys had a pretty young team over the last couple of years. What were some of the challenges of keeping them uh, motivated and just their morale up while they were, you know, taking their lumps against yeah, some know, good I teams? I think it was, um, again, by design, we had a really young group. Um, and I think that the toughest part of them was trying to help them understand that they're going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're young. Oh, yeah really hard for them when they've had a bad day or they had a bad series, being able to just kind of work through it, just at the end of the day, know it. You're a good ball player. Like it's going to work out. You're going to figure it out. You're young. Let it take time. Let the maturation process, you know, happen and just play hard. And good things will start to happen, you know. So we did experience a lot of that last year with a lot of the younger guys. Um, but, you know, they've come back with a really good mindset, like super focused, very motivated. Um, so I'm excited. You know, I'm excited for a young group. Our roster and our lineup really is going to kind of stay the same from last year. So mm-hmm. gives them an opportunity to kind of prove themselves a little bit more and perform at a little bit of a higher level. Awesome. So, Joe, first-year head coach at St. Dominic, uh, can you tell our audience a little bit about your background in the game of baseball and, you know, your first impression so far of uh, being at the helm? Sure. So um, I, uh, I was a collegiate player at New York Tech um, for Bob Malvagna, um, who was just a great man. Uh, and coaching, I, I coached at Clark High School, which is where I went. I was the varsity assistant there for uh, three seasons and two county championship appearance and one county championship, uh, blessed with a ton of talent. Tyler Cox, Matt Stefano, down the line, Sean Welsh. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you can't name enough of them, even young guys like Nick Barasti. Um, and you know, getting the job at St. Dominic's was, is really a thrill for me. And uh, we, um, we're very lucky, I think, at St. Dom's this year because we have a really good group of seniors. So my first impression was, okay, you know, on any team, especially a senior-laden team, you know, you have a pretty good feeling of how it's going to go right off the bat, just from meeting the guys and knowing what they're all about. And uh, these guys work really hard. And we have some really talented players. We have eight college-committed seniors. Uh, maybe not the biggest names to colleges and, and whatever, but, um, you know, we, we got a really solid team. We've got some underclassmen who will 
will definitely contribute, and we're, we're really excited. We're looking forward to being successful. So. Mm -hmm. And how much, uh, you know, can you take away from your time under a, a legendary coach like Tom Abrascato, who's, you know, won multiple state titles and, you know, dozens of uh, league championships now? Yeah, so Tom is very, uh, just a very special person in my life, uh, period. Um, he's, he's, he's a big part of my life growing up as a player and then uh, as a young man and now a man. So. Uh, from the baseball aspect of it, he's, I just think, hands down, is just the best coach I've ever been around. Um, you know, just the structure, the organizational structure of from seventh grade up. Luckily, at St. Thomas, we actually have a, a, a middle school program, which is good. Mm -hmm. Having that organizational structure is so key, and, and everybody being on the same page and developing that culture, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's ultimately what makes us so successful. Just like there's teams, you know, like, like for example, Chaminade won last year, and, and they're a super successful program, and that culture is built. And uh, that culture is, is irreplaceable. So mm -hmm. that's the biggest takeaway from, you know, being around Tom's program that I have baseball-wise. Mm -hmm. And now a newcomer to the table here, also a newcomer to the league, is a St. Mary's head coach, Chris. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about what the process has been like, um, you know, starting a program essentially from scratch? Um, you know, it's, it's been, you know, real different. You know, learning, every, learning the admin in the school, uh, getting all the kids in, you know, we don't have a field either, so it's finding places to play, uh, using different facilities, you know, we're mixing yeah. and matching all over the place, so mm -hmm. it's really, you know, we're really puzzle pieces, putting everything together and trying to make it work, and, you know, doing the best, you know, what we got, so. And, and I see that you guys are hard at work, you know, I, I follow you guys on Instagram, the off-season workouts seem like they never stop, so I mean, what have, uh, you know, what have some of your takeaways been from, from year one? Um, I mean, so far, I feel like we're like the the kid that transfers into school mid-year, mm -hmm. and you know, you're walking around school trying to prove yourself with a you know a you know whole bunch of other upperclassmen that already established and already have made a name for themselves, and us trying to you know have you know just have our stamp somewhere where people can you know take us serious and be like, all right, it's not a fluke. These guys are here to play, and these guys are gonna be in the league you know for years to come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Pars, I wanted to bring you back into the conversation. So, um, you know, college has been going on, college games have been going on for the last about almost a month. Yes. And one of the standout performers in the whole country, I would say, is St. Anthony's uh, alumni, Cam Leary. Yeah, yeah. And he's a kid that, you know, he just has that pretty swing. And if you watch yeah. him on TV, it looks like a pro already. So, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about um, your experiences with him and you know when you first um, when you first got to watch him play. Well, when I when I first met him, uh, my first year was when he was a uh, he was a last, he was a reclass senior. So he had one year with us, and then he, he went up to prep school. Um, I compared his swing to Michael Brantley. That's who his body type is. That's what his swing path looks like. He, he very similar in stature. Mm -hmm. um, he he was a finished hitter when I met him. Mm -hmm. You know he he was susceptible to some stuff outside because he wanted to turn and burn on a lot of stuff. But you see some of his home runs now. He had two oppos the other day. Yeah, against lefties at Miami. So apparently Coast. he's figured out to work both sides of the plate because guys obviously just want to dead fish him away and spin mm -hmm. him away just to get him to reach. But he doesn't reach anymore. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, he's he's definitely uh, turned a corner. And he's literally turned himself into one of the best college outfielders. Yeah. And his numbers aren't going to drop. I think that kid's going to be steady, Eddie. Mm -hmm. He's got a great head. His temperament's right. And I, I think he's going to be very successful. It's this sustainable. Year. He's hitting 300, so yeah. it's not like he's gotten like a lot of batted ball luck. He's just hitting the ball really hard. And yeah, 1200 OPS. He's a, a two heartbeat a minute guy, so mm -hmm. things don't get too fast for him. You know, he mm -hmm. has the ability to slow things down. So mm -hmm. yeah, he's going to be very successful. He, 
I'm proud of him. Yeah, we have a bunch of guys. I saw Malm's up to 10 homers, right? Yep, yeah, leading the nation, tied number one in, yeah, in the nation. Yeah, but I think Tupel has like 7-2. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. up there, and he's only George played Stein. like eight games. Yes. <laughs> and I wanted to bring the Chaminade guys back into it. Talking about like having young team last year, you know, um, what kind of challenge did that present to you guys? Not only not having them the year before, but you also didn't coach them in the summer or anything, so you kind of had to learn, you know, on the fly, right? That's us every year, though. Mm -hmm. You know, we because we don't coach in the summer, and uh, so they come to us fresh in our mind. Mm -hmm. So see, we look at them brand new. Uh, and last year, because of COVID, the previous year we knew none of them. Mm -hmm. You know, we never saw them as sophomores play. Yeah. And you know, we kept a lot of underclassmen, and the underclassmen played, mm -hmm. which was great. They were successful, and you know, we get them back this year. I think. Uh, one of the hard things we have to do this year is bring them to back down <laughs> bring to the them down, yeah, because they think who they are, mm -hmm. sure. you know, yeah. and uh, you know you don't you don't win it because of what happened last year or what you have in the press. Mm -hmm. You know, you won it on the field, yeah, and that's a bit of a challenge actually right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> yeah, you know. Casey, is that uh, something that you dealt with after you guys had won the championship in 2018? You know, just kind of like uh, the complacency, maybe. We actually had a lot of seniors that year that kind of graduated, so we were in a little bit of a different situation than they were. We're having those guys come back. Yeah. But again, you always have to have that and figure out that way in which you need to bring those guys like back down to earth. Because mm -hmm. like this league, one thing about it, it humbles you very quickly. <laughs> yes. So if you think for one second that all the, you know, you know, this guy's going to this college or you know, this guy's getting a borderline draft pick, mm -hmm. like no one else cares. So, like, you need to be able to compete on every single pitch in this league, and I think that's one of the things that separates this league from a lot of other ones mm -hmm. is you need to be ready to compete every single pitch of every single game because nobody cares where you're going to college, what you did the year before. It doesn't matter. It's mm -hmm. what happens in that moment. So I think that's something that is a challenge at first, but I think, you know, especially for them this with the talent that they have this year, I think they'll be able to do that. But it is something that, again, it is is tough to get across to them until they go through it. Yeah. Um, so you've got to be ready to compete every single pitch yeah not everybody's going to go undefeated only a couple teams on long island has ever gone undefeated and one of them was the 1996 division blue dragons and one of the players is actually here jimmy was on that team 29 and 0 um i mean and you guys were powerhouse you know i think it even dated back to the previous year maybe it leaked into the next year the, the winning streak was like 40 something we games 40, we had uh, 47 straight games Jeez, long island so record right? we were 29 and 0 that year um we lost the state championship in 95 um and then we won 29th Street and then 18th Street the following year when I was a senior yeah. um, before we lost the last two games of the, of the year to MacArthur. Yeah. Uh, we went on to win the county championship that year as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you guys only had one game that was even really close during the, the undefeated season, yeah, correct? the county championship game against Garden City was 6-5. Uh, <laughs> we came back and won that game uh, in the top of the seventh inning. We were at Garden City. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I think the closest game was uh, might have been the state championship. I think we won the semifinal. 3 nothing, and then 6-1 was the final of the, uh, the championship. Other than that, you know, we scored 325 yeah. runs in 29 yeah. games. So. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to say it was an offensive yeah. machine was, was yeah. you know. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure Steve Costello, my good friend over at McArthur, would argue yeah. his 94-4 yeah. 90, uh, team was, was yeah. you know, crazy. In the same town, two out of three years undefeated. I know Jeff Tyler pretty well, and Jeff, in my opinion, still to this day, is the best high school pitcher I've ever seen. And Jeff said that that would be the game of – century if our team could have played their team. Oh, my God. They're 94 team. And back then they weren't in the same conference, right? <laughs> no, they, we were. Oh, we were okay. in the same league. They beat us in the county finals in 94. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Interesting. It was very. It was interesting to say the least. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be another offense of that magnitude anytime soon. So, um, uh, Casey, I wanted to bring you back. Talk about um, talking about Logan O'Hoppy on. You know, right now, absolutely killing minor league baseball. Um, I mean, and more importantly than that, he's gotten basically every humanitarian award he yeah. can get to. Right. He gets yeah. recognized for his off the field, yeah. um, you know, his contributions as well. So, I mean, does it does it shock you at all to see how much recognition that he's gotten? It doesn't shock me to see how much recognition he's gotten in the sense of the type of person that he is. Mm -hmm. So, like, everybody here kind of knows him. Yeah. He is one of the best people you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. I'm not shocked by what he's doing on the field because of his compete level. Um, I'm going to say I don't think anybody foreseen him doing this well this quick, and it's great to see, but that comes from him being a great person first, mm -hmm. and that's what we care about the most. I mean, if you could pick somebody to represent your program and say that, hey, this is a St. John the Baptist guy, I mean, mm -hmm. there's no one else I'd, I'd pick. So uh, that's the thing that I'm super proud of him the most mm -hmm. is the type of person that he is first before, you know, how good of a player he is. But it's been, I mean, it's been awesome to see. So, I mean, mm -hmm. they play on Friday, and I'm pretty sure he's going to get in – one of the first few big league games. It's just cool to see. Yeah, so incredible. it is really cool to see. And and again, the, he is a St. John's kid, but this thing we like to kind of talk about, like he's a Catholic league player. Mm -hmm. yes, so is. that's what another thing I think separates this league from everybody else. Of course, you know, he's a St. John the Baptist kid too, but when we see guys like Cam have success and we see guys from Chaminade and Trinity and Kellenberg and, and all of these places too, Dom's Mary's, like mm -hmm. we always say like, hey, that's a Catholic league kid. Yep. And mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing that separates this league from a lot of places is, is that – we care about those kids' futures first. Yeah, we want to win when we play each other, of <laughs> course, okay? But as soon as yeah. that's over, it's like Pars works with my guys. Like, I work with Danny's guys. Like, JD's on my summer team. So, like, Derek Torres I've coached for a while. They, you know, mm -hmm. so we yeah. all work together, and it's yep. about that kid first, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, awesome to see. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, uh, Joe, I wanted to uh, mention something to you about the idea of building up team rapport. Um, something that you know you haven't had that much time to do. So how have you been, you know, trying to be able to acclimate not only the the players to the program, but also yourself and building up, you know, a, a personal relationship with your with your players. So I think I think the transition's been pretty pretty easy and, and relatively quick because it's it's an older group. Uh, I think had I had more, you know, underclassmen or even juniors, it would have been a little tougher. I think the transition's been easier because the seniors have been there, they've been through it before, mm -hmm. they understand the process. The process has definitely changed a little bit um, mm -hmm. since this coaching staff has taken over, but um, I think that they, they were able to acclimate themselves pretty well to it. Mm -hmm. And as far as a personal relationship, I, I coach uh, one guy who's an underclassman, Matt Cruz, is on my summer team. Uh, he's an outstanding player, Division One, future Division One player. I really believe mm -hmm. that. Um, so I already knew him kind of getting in the door, and, and then once that happened, uh, I was able to kind of actually branch off of him. He's a very outgoing kid, so mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, build that chemistry with the older guys and so far it's gone really well I'm, I'm very open door policy like you come talk to me about anything mm -hmm. you know it's about life we talk a lot about life not just baseball you know what kind of man you're going to be in the future and, and how that equates to, to the baseball field so mm -hmm. the seniors have been really receptive to that message and therefore I think it's made the transition a lot easier yeah so you have more of an upper class team Chris what would you say the composition is of the roster of you guys are you uh, a little bit more on the younger side I mean uh, my whole team is freshman sophomore so pretty I don't have no upperclassmen at all you know <laughs> so 
But one thing is... Uh, how, do you, how do you pick a captain, then? <laughs> <laughs> you? <laughs> I mean, I, I get confused for a player sometimes, <laughs> so I might get away with that. But, no, you know, we have a couple uh, guys that, you know, due to travel ball baseball kind of uh, space, mm -hmm. that these guys are getting experience playing all over, you know, U.S., all over the region. So they build that, you know, that experience playing high-caliber baseball. So it's easy to kind of pick out that sophomore that's a little bit of a leader. And, you know, the freshmen and even other sophomores are with him can kind of follow through with him because of that experience playing all over, you know, regionally, nationally in the, in the uh, travel ball circuit. I'm glad you mentioned the travel ball stuff. Dan, how important would you say that is in terms of the development of a player nowadays, whereas it used to just be, you know, after the 18th game or whatever, or the playoffs, sometimes kids would play another sport and maybe you wouldn't see them. But now you might give them hitting lessons or coach them or, you know, you just follow their progress maybe from their, their summer coach. Yeah, I think it's extremely important for players to be able to learn from other people, yes. other coaches. We talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. People all had a part in yep. um, not only watching the players in the Catholic grow and become really good players, but some of us even having a part in that. Mm -hmm. Coaching them in summer ball, training them on the yep. side. Um, you know, so I think it's really important for them to be able to get outside of their comfort zone sometimes. So learn from different coaches, play with different kids, playing some of these tournaments down south where you don't know anybody or go to a showcase where you don't know anybody and kind of measure up and see mm -hmm. where you're at. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of helps them not only kind of see where their game is, but also if they want to reach certain goals, where I have to improve and where I have to grow as a player. Mm -hmm. So I think it's extremely important for them to be able to have a competitive summer ball experience with good people around them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here's the last topic I wanted to bring up. Last year, the season started a little bit later, so I was just curious how the preparation changed, Paul, when, you know, you're handling a pitching staff that, you know, you need to get them ramped up to, let's just say, 90 or 100 pitches for opening day, and it's April 26th, and now all of a sudden it's a month before. Well, like Mike said, the COVID thing kind of gave everybody a little bit of a hiccup because we started later, kids, you know, the workouts were, were shut down, some kids were working out because they go to facilities that could get them in, and there were so many, uh, uh, how do I explain it? it, it just seemed off the whole yeah. season, and what did we play, 15 games, 20 games, I think yeah. I maybe Six had two scrimmages, yeah. mm -hmm. you yeah. know, here we were just talking about the schedule, you know, a lot of us are, we're getting close to 25, 30 baseball games, and we got maybe five or six before you even play league season. You can find out who your team is. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, last year was was hit or miss. You were piecemealing stuff until mm -hmm. you figured out. And then if things weren't going your way, you're throwing. I was throwing infielders in the pitch because I didn't I wasn't comfortable with my pitchers, and mm -hmm. you just couldn't find your way with with your team. And that's why I thought last Gregor pitching in. But I could have used him to throw. He throws a lot of first strikes. But uh, yeah, last year last year was an aberration. I think for this league, this league this year is. Every team's got some real talent. There is, mm -hmm. We can handpick dudes on every one of these teams that can get after it. Mm -hmm. And that's what, where it goes back to Casey saying, we can beat each other on any given day, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, no matter how talented all, all of us are, because each week's a different challenge, you know. Joey's going to coach his team differently than Casey does. You know, mm -hmm. Chris going to coach differently than Danny does. You know, I'm going to coach differently than these guys do, you know. So each mm -hmm. week you're building a whole different week. If I play Casey one week and then I got Joe behind him, I, that's two completely different types of baseball teams, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. So that's that's the fun part, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Finding teams that match up to Shaman. Like I try to find scrimmages 
that resembles Shamanad. Then I'll try and find a scrimmage that resembles Casey's team. Mm-hmm. You know, just to sync up like we're playing Comac and we got Ward Melville. Ward Melville, I'll comp to them because they got a deep staff. So I'll, we'll see some of their arms, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Casey's team's similar to Comac, you know what I mean? They have a lot of good position guys and they have arms that can throw strikes, you know? Mm-hmm. So stuff like that is, is part of the fun of coaching. And mm-hmm. that's why I think this year will be a lot different than last year. Now, one of the, uh, I would assume, not-so-fun parts of the last year was probably handling the recruiting aspect. If you wanted to help out one of your players, Casey, maybe you could speak a little bit about that. Did you sense any frustration from the juniors and seniors that weren't maybe able to go out and and get recruited and had the talent maybe to do it, but because of the COVID restrictions, simply it was out of their hands? It was really challenging in the sense of not so much like your top-end guys because those guys are just super talented in the sense that they're going to get seen. It was more of those kids which I do think we need to celebrate a little bit more sometimes too is those division like two and three kids that those kids really had a tough time because you had six years of guys coming back and we had a a lot of situations too in which a lot of the college coaches was kind of turning around and say like, I wish I can give you something, but we're waiting on, you know, seniors to decide what they want to do. Yeah. So it was a, you know, it was a tough situation to navigate. I mean, I do coach with the Titans in the summer, um, and Tom Downey and Jim Clark are awesome with recruiting. So you know, they help a lot uh, too, um, as well. So I was, you know, fortunate enough to kind of work with them, um, those guys as well, and and the St. John's guys that do play for the Titans are, are are able to work with them as well. But it was challenging in the sense that you just didn't know what to expect because of the guys that were still there in college, mm-hmm. and you just kind of didn't know what to do so we had guys that committed a little bit later you know than they usually would but we were able to kind of navigate it and find the best fits for you know most of the guys that we had but I think really that biggest challenge was that kid was a really good player and he's a division two division three player it was just those rosters had expanded so much mm-hmm. so I think that was the you know the harder ones that we had to really kind of navigate but we were able to do it and, and working with some of the summer programs and mm-hmm. find homes for guys. Dan would you say that you've had a similar experience to that and do you think that um, it's gotten back to normal as far as getting kids out there recruited? Yeah, I mean, I hope it's gotten back to normal. But, yeah, I've, I, you know, again, our group wasn't really, I think, in a position at that time last year mm-hmm. where, um, you know, our seniors were at a level that, you know, it's going to be tough for them to kind of find their right program or find the right fit. Because mm-hmm. um, college is really going to see them. They weren't really looking for it. Players that are good players, they're looking for players that are going to come in and be impact guys. But you know, with a lot of our younger guys now, and even this year a little bit, they're still we're having a lot more conversations about college and what the future holds and how you're trying to, you know, develop as a player, develop as a person, and try to find ultimately find that highest level of baseball. Um, you know, so our kids are starting now to really get more active in the recruiting process because I think they saw what kids over the past year, the past two years, went through trying to find a school and trying to find out. Mm-hmm. So I think it's actually helped some of our guys now, but I think we definitely hurt guys over the past two years. Awesome. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. Uh, we touched on a lot of different topics, glad that we finally got to do this. Uh, like I said, opening day right around the corner. So um, everybody check this out on our YouTube page or social media. Thank you to all, all the coaches for coming down. And thank you for Patricia's for hosting this year's preseason roundtable.